Hello and good evening. My name is Josh. I'm joined as always by Aaron and Bob in this episode by our fantabulous audio engineer, Dick. We're the folks in the help you find the method of the madness. Reason in the unreasonable makes sense out of nonsense because this is okay. Hear me out. Remind everyone, we are on the Fediverse. Come federate with us over at PirateRadio.Social. Again, that's PirateRadio.Social. Um, fun, fun, decentralized social media shenanigans, I guess. Uh, Aaron, Bob, and Isaac, how y'all doing this evening? Very good. Doing all right until you said fantabulous and uh, <laughs> I, I, shenanigans. I, I in the same run-on I, I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was a great. Yeah, I'm not doing well. <laughs> I, I in my head, I was already turning you down in like post production. <laughs> <laughs> Way Did too you realize, loud. I, I started out with my mic actually set down for reading the intro, and then I turn it up once I start talking at a normal volume, uh, like like now. <laughs> God damn it! God fucking damn it! Uh, Aaron, can you uh, can you remind everyone what a phone uh, the, the the voicemail line is? Yes, uh, voicemail line is one eight thirty three six six six. 0911. So call in and you know tell somebody they're retarded. Tell us to uh, cover a uh, a conspiracy that you want us to cover. Whatever you want, go nuts. It, it tell us about how space is real, Antarctica is real, and the Holocaust was real, and anything else that you want us to investigate and find out for ourselves. That is very, 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 very real. So what are we talking about tonight? I would delete that voicemail <laughs> so fast. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if we get a voicemail like that, we can just spend a whole episode <laughs> making fun of that person. Gosh, you're actually the one bringing it in now. It's the weirdness of the the World Fair. Oh God, I think Bob, Bob, you're the one who turned me out of the topic. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I'm not the one that brought it up. No. No, uh, okay. no I've been yeah, spiraling about it you. for like three weeks. Yeah, yeah. When, when you guys brought this topic up, and like, I I had a Wikipedia article link saved, and I was like, I'll get to this eventually. And that eventually was uh, this fun day called last Saturday, um, or was it last Sunday? Whatever, last weekend. I started reading up on the uh, Chicago Columbian Ex Exposition, the World's Fair of 1893. Um, and for anyone not familiar with the the World's Fair and the universe, uh, aka Universal Expositions, you know, from back in the day. It started out with good old Eiffel Tower, Tower Paris, just putting on a big fair, and it kind of went on from there. Probably the last big one, big, big one, was the 1970, uh, I think it was Osaka, Japan Expo. But big uh, technology, cultural trade exposition. They put up, put up these mini towns worth of buildings and get millions of people from across the world uh, to come gaze in glory at the, uh, or gaze in amazement at um, you know what this country has to offer and it's like oh look Chicago and America is such an amazing place with these great technologies and big buildings voila um, so that's that's kind of the premise anyone else have anything to add uh, with regards to what is a world's fair uh, actually looking yeah looking into what uh, all the information that you had linked to us uh, on the discord before the show uh, I, I didn't know like the world's fair was actually like, they put on exhibits like about other like nations and cultures and shit like that. Oh like, yeah, there, yeah. There was like a Japan island or whatever it was, and like <laughs> yes, there there was. <laughs> there was a couple which I completely just did not read, but there was a couple paragraphs in some of the articles that you sent over about how it was like, oh, the indigenous people were treated so poorly by their exhibit. <laughs> like it was like, <laughs> it's like oh, who cares? <laughs> so yeah, like uh, yeah. So go ahead. 
so like a bunch of different countries participate and put up their own buildings and expos to show off their cultures and technologies to uh, everyone participating, everyone coming and um, viewing the fair. It's it's crazy. And the new technology in the World's Fair of Chicago was uh, thankfully the god of thunder, Nikola Tesla, showing off electricity and shit like that. That w- yeah, would have been so a that fucking was... fabulous uh, something else to see. To never see like electricity and light at night, you know, other than like a candlestick before, and then all of a sudden you you know, Chicago's lit up. Well, looking at some some of those pictures, I mean I'm sure some of the photography is not great and they're overexposed, but uh looking at some of those pictures, it was bright. They were they were lighting up these giant white buildings um just uh, unbelievably at night, uh, with this the one of the first if not the first widespread or major use of electricity, uh, especially for the light bulbs, electricity, which they all, um, they generated all of it on site, uh, with, or they generate, they, they had like a power plant on site. Yeah. Uh, that, that I didn't look into. Uh, I, I always wondered about that. They, they would have yes. had to. Yeah. Yes. That's it. Okay, cool. Cause I, I, I do remember reading about that. I just want to make sure the details, right. Um, so they, they had like, they generated all the power on site and it was also, uh, more power than the whole city of Chicago was using at the time. Um, so it's this, this wacky, you know, uh, scale between the two two things, an actual regular developing city and just this one expedition over the course of, over an area of 690 acres. So uh, all of you, you're decently familiar with the Chicago World's, uh, Chicago World's Fair and everything that went on there. Um, this grand event happening what was it, like 130 years ago almost uh what do you all think of it what do you all think what the experience must have been like walking in to see those giant uh, walking to this this you know venetian like city seeing those giant uh white facades uh marble like facades as though you're in the middle of a uh you know seeing the arc de triomphe from uh, france or seeing in the middle of rome or something this this grand uh you know grandiose event what, what do you think it would have been like going visiting yourselves I think it would have been pretty fucking rad, dude. Holy shit. Like, that is World's Fair back then. I mean, it was like, it, uh, uh, it, it was an exercise of the rich, like, completely flaunting their power over, like, the common folk, essentially. Like, from what I hear, like, just about <laughs> everything that they built, like, the, the one in Paris, right? The only surviving structure is the Eiffel Tower. So they just, like, built it up for the rich to have a bunch of, like, a really big party. And some of the commoners were were welcome to do it, to come in and, and enjoy the festivities. But And then they tore it all down and left everyone in fucking financial ruin afterwards. So it's just like the modern Olympics, really. Yeah, no, it's very much like the Olympics. They had the uh, an international committee to decide on like which country is going to host it next and like exactly how that's going to work. Um, so it was, it was set up very much like the the Olympics and a similar level of showing off your country and showing off a you know a, a culture and the, I can build a cooler building than you than uh, as the Olympics has. Yeah, so it must have been pretty incredible to to walk around and, and actually see all that stuff. What do you guys think? Sounds like a pretty reasonable thing that happened. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought walking through it. Oh, this is very real around me. Um, oh, that's that's a building. That's 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 a building that was built. <laughs> yeah, no, they just just built two hundred buildings in a year and a half after you know it had it opened within three years of uh, being awarded the project in the first place, and just built it on a swamp, and there was like no setbacks, and got that shit up and running. Uh, to- Quicker than we've ever had a building project like that ever. 
incredible. Aaron, Aaron, cutting to the chase. Uh, Bob, can you play the the one clip from uh, the documentary? Yes. Well, I want to give a little bit of a background for w- what this construction project of the World's Fair was like. I'll, before you play that, fuck you, Josh, for making me watch Willy Wonka lie to me about the Chicago World's <laughs> Fair right now. <laughs> ah, kill your heroes. I love it. <laughs> okay, here we go. Empress also donated some of her own court costumes. One member of the board of lady managers said, judging from the contours of these gowns... Wait, 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 this is uh, the, the timestamp, the 2830. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, I Sorry, the, the link I gave was the wrong time. Oh my god. What was that? <laughs> uh, the board of women something that they said? Yeah, there, there was the, women, the women's building um, oh, okay. where it was all designed uh, by women and they had stuff uh, featuring huh. women. Now we know it's and it fake. And it was super feminist and progressive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I found the first chink in the armor, guys. Uh, a building designed by nothing but women. Okay, yeah, that yeah, one right. was somewhere between sure. super feminist and super patronizing. That one was the most temporary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to start a little ahead here. So, uh, architects from all over okay. the United States and the world were asked to submit designs for fair buildings. <laughs> Construction of the buildings began as the groundwork was still in progress, and throughout 1891, the Venetian landscape of the White City began to emerge from the mud of Jackson Park. In 18 months of working around the clock, the carpenters, bricklayers, painters, and plasterers raised every building and sculpted every statue on the fair site. What was truly remarkable about the main buildings was not just the designs, but the techniques developed to build them. It wasn't possible to build conventional buildings of this size in such a short time. Besides, the buildings were never meant to last longer than the fair. The builders turned to a plasterer's material called staff, a kind of stucco made of a mixture of plaster, cement, and fibers. It was flexible, strong, molded easily, and dried fast. The staff was laid over wood and steel frames to create the walls of the buildings. It was set in molds and sculpted over frames to create the building's decorations and the statues. What looked like shimmering marble at the fair was really just molded staff. As the buildings went up, they needed to be painted. The enormous surface area... Okay, Sorry, I yeah, uh, ran a little good. long there, now, Sorry. For, for, for anyone listening, uh, if you haven't seen pictures of Chicago's World Fair before, de- definitely go in the show notes. Uh, there will be... Uh, tons of links to to various pictures of, uh, of the buildings, the exhibits, and things under construction, um, a, as well as um, the, this the video itself with the clip. But um, t- take a look at it and uh, let me know what your thought. Call in if you have any thoughts regarding the uh, the, the whole eighteen months construction time, the whole uh, you know temporary structures and new construction techniques, and how, how that all fit, fits together in in your head and your your understanding of uh, of construction um, you know uh, procedures uh, from you know possibly one hundred thirty years ago. Um, it, it's to me, I'll say it's a uh, it, it, very impressive, to say the least. Yeah, I wonder what uh, they're referring to when uh, they bring up the, um, the the changes in construction process and techniques that that they developed specifically for that. Because I, I feel like that would be a major player in in how you know logistically things got done in time. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, a big part of that, I think, was just the the material, the um, the, the plaster uh, staff material that they used to actually you know, build the facades and columns and the statues out of. Yeah. Um, but 
yeah, I'm sure there were a bunch of weather creating molds. Actually, so, so they yeah. used that same material in in France too. It was that's where it was invented. Yeah. Uh, okay, then that's a misleading clip. <laughs> so that would have been eight. <laughs> That would have been 1876 it was invented, and the exposition was in 1878. Okay, so, but would this perhaps have been the first time it was used in America? I'm not a, <laughs> okay. I'm not a construction material historian. <laughs> I'll, I'll say at least uh, it, is, it is suggested in my reading that this is the first time that uh, construction workers in Chicago have used this particular material. So they may have ha- may have had an idea of how to produce it properly, how to produce it consistently, and you know uh, to you know, dry quickly, to be structurally sound, etc. Um, but there there are still a, a number of uncertainties and a number of firsts um, in place with using this material, as well as other things. Like the, the clip goes on to say they they invented spray painting um, for this because uh, they couldn't just you know brush paint all of these uh, you know, enormous thousands of square feet of walls um so they invented spray painting and uh I, i'm wondering what the, the situation was with laborers because they used a lead-based uh, white paint for that um well i, I so. thought i read that they actually switched to uh they invented an oil-based paint out of that or to, oh, did they, did for I the purpose of, of spray painting yeah i don't know you, you sent that link about the spray paint while working under pressure to complete the construction of the world's Columbia expo- uh, exposition, a disagreement ensued between blah blah blah. Uh, let me see here. Uh, Millet devised a way to paint the buildings that would take less time in, uh, than a paintbrush would. He invented the method where a mixture of oil and white lead could be applied using. <laughs> okay, never mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there, there may have been some health problems coming out That's of the. Why it was the so early white. Fair. <laughs> yeah, um, perhaps people who visited too. Uh, but so I want to get a bit to the the scale of these buildings, what they actually were. Uh, so definitely take a look at the pictures, get an idea of oh wow, this is a marvelous Roman city we've got here. But uh, Aaron, can you give us an idea of like what you know the scale of these buildings, how actually magnificent and large they are? Um, let's see the the biggest building was uh, the, uh, arts and something. Yeah, what. I forget which one. Sorry. For some reason, I had that up, but I don't. But they're they're fucking giant. Yeah, the manufacturing. Uh, the man, yeah, the manufacturing building yeah. was would still today be the second most voluminous building in the entire world, and this was built to be temporary. So, uh, what's the biggest building now uh, today, or by by volume in the world? Um, I have that on Wikipedia. This was, by the way, this building was covered in an area just over 32 acres. Just the building? Jesus One Christ. One building. It was a 32-acre building. Um, I, I will say, with regards to the temporary comment, um, it is cited as having a leaky roof, uh, and there being some problems there. <laughs> so, like, you know, at least the roof uh, was not the best permanent structure. I mean, the roof being one of like the more important parts of the structure that they needed to keep standing, especially for like the duration of the of the fair. You know what I mean? You'd think. You'd think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the largest one would have been the Ar- Avtovaz main assembly building in Russia, which is literally just a big factory, like the most giant okay. factory you've ever seen. So it's not. Uh, 
There's no like artwork on it like this one. Um, yeah, this this has the uh, lovely uh, lovely columns, lovely classical columns, um, and and whatnot. Uh, and yeah, at the time was the largest building in the world. Uh, put up on the scale of oh, eighteen yeah. months. Um, by a lot too. Like it's huge. And that's one of 200 buildings they built for this fair in a span of, like, what, uh, what, two two years? Oh, yeah, less than two years. Uh, so, it's, uh, some of the logistics come together, like, for example, they're on Lake Michigan. It was probably easy to get, uh, say, iron from Pittsburgh or lumber from Wisconsin or whatever. So, that it makes enough sense but uh do you know like anything about the the population at the time and whether or not there would have been enough available workers to, like even create these buildings uh they said they had 40,000 workers at the time 40,000 was how many 40 40,000 40, so there were just 40,000 unemployed people sitting around in Chicago waiting to throw up a, a giant uh expo well the the they were they were importing people. People there was a lot. There were tons and tons of deaths. This was a very unsafe yeah health and safety out of the window. And also, the city of Chicago had a lot of experience with building new structures in the area because just twenty years before the World's Fair, uh, seventeen thousand over seventeen thousand homes and buildings were destroyed in a fire that ravaged the city. And it left 90,000 people homeless out of the population of 325,000. <laughs> oh, that's uh, what, more than a quarter of the city. Wow. Yeah. It, yeah. It's, uh, it's yeah, almost it a Chicago third. Is that bad. <laughs> so. All right. So if you think of this on a scale, if we go back to Chicago, 1820, they, it's essentially a village. They can't build on it. It's a, it's a swampy bog land that they don't really know how to do do much on but far yeah so then you fast forward and they and they start to grow and then by like bob said 1871 most of the place is completely rooted it's, it's leveled yeah it's raised yeah. to the ground so they're taking everything all the foreknowledge that they had there they're essentially starting over in the 50s i think is when they they figured out how to um sort of build on that garbage soil that they had. Um, so it wasn't very long after that they'd figured out how to actually construct uh, large-scale buildings that the thing kind of came tumbling down. So we're only talking, you know, 20 years after that, that they've rebuilt themselves from essentially, you know, ground up. So, so there would have been a lot of uh, you know, construction expertise um in the area and like you know people actually building stuff in the area is that uh, part of the point and like know how for yeah and i don't know what your problem land. with spray paint is wait what are you saying what's why is spray paint come into this what's your problem with spray no paint? it was just uh, oh just that it's, it's a new technology and that they like um invented that just just for this application that it happened to work out just fine and with no no uh hang-ups no that's not true that's absolutely not true either <laughs> Well, what do you mean? Would you like to elaborate? Are you saying spray paint was used before that? Are you saying these yeah, documentaries the articles lied Joseph to me? Bink a guy by the name of Joseph Binks, who was a maintenance supervisor for Marshall Fields Department Store in Chicago, essentially created in that year, which would have been five years before the, this construction, um, he, they, his company basically came up with 
what you're calling spray paint, which is really just whitewash. Yeah, yeah, it's not like really spray paint. It's, it is the, the verb of spraying paint. And so I don't think that there's some, like, I don't think that the two things have much of a corollary value. Okay, yeah, I didn't realize that there was some, some precedent for this type of painting technique. Yeah, whitewash. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. Okay. How about some of the other stuff, like uh, like land reclamation and uh, you know, the um, set, setting up all the. I mean, I guess you suggest with uh, building on swampy land to begin with. There, do you know how to set up foundations and build buildings relatively sturdily? But the thing, things like land reclamation and you know, all all of that that to create that, make that park uh, was it Jackson Park in into um what in into the city that it is or into that the space that it that it became. Do you know anything about that? I mean, I, I don't think it was pretty, but I think they had they had a huge amount of money behind them and sort of a they-can't-fail attitude because of the level of embarrassment that would have gone. I mean, I think they would have put up fewer facades if they had to because of the level of embarrassment that they would have, you know, I guess you don't, we don't think of it the same now, but, you know, the, the world was watching um, at that time. And the whole goal was to sort of at least be on par, if not supersede what France had done. I, I mean that that uh, makes enough sense, and to an extent, they like you know these buildings were uh, supposedly halfway just facades. Well, um, luckily they but, didn't have to put up a facade because they were just able to build thirty six acre structures that housed three hundred thousand people and ran it for three years with no issues. Well, I had a leak. They, they ran it for like six months. But yeah. <laughs> don't forget the leaky roof. <laughs> yeah. I saw a leaky roof on a modern day building, and that was the Minnesota uh the Minnesota Vikings Stadium that just collapsed in on itself. Or and the, the numerous fire hazards that developed over the, the lifespan of the white city that was built where nearly all of it was burned down to the ground. Oh, so. that damn O'Leary lady, she pop- popped in again with another cow and burned down the white city. <laughs> Not to mention yeah, the so random was, assassinations that just keep happening at these world fairs too. Yeah, there was a serial killer towards the end of the world's fair. Was that was that ever solved? I, I didn't actually follow up on the story. I didn't know about the serial killer. I just know that they assassinated the mayor on the like the two days before the fair. Yeah, ended. that's all right. Hold on. The most no uh, America's first serial killer was involved with the world. Was fair. he? H. H. Holmes. Amazing. What? <laughs> yeah, he's the he he's the preeminent serial killer in America. And he murdered, nobody even has any idea, at least like 30, 40 plus women. It was, it was mostly all women. Any men that he killed was sort of just like to keep some, somebody quiet. Because they, they stumbled. Uh, to they, keep an, uh, sort of, the one time a man went into the woman's building. They, no, no, no. He, had a, he owned a hotel um, adjacent to the World's Fair, which he actually he started, he owned a, a pharmacy. And then he built onto that. And he built, he realized the fair was coming to town, so he built uh, rooms that would be, could be rented ahead of the fair. Um, and then he also had like a crematorium or a big uh, cement uh, furnace in his basement of the building. And when he constructed that place, he had like gas pipes pumped into walls of, of bedrooms so that he could gas people in in the middle of the night what and the then fuck? take their body and and there was no accountability at the time so all of this you know the people you talked about this influx of 
hundreds of thousands of people coming and a millions, lot of folks on. left home from wherever they were where they were um wherever they were from they left home and a lot of them were like i'm going to find a new life because this was an exciting place to go and there was no paper trail so they would just go there and they would be they would be disappeared you mean there's no accountability and so he was one of the you know you meant there's no accountability unless you're a builder or an architect and then of course you had to build rome overnight <laughs> Then of course there was lots of accountability, but serial well, killers, ah, go for it. The the head when the, they said Rome was not built in a day, they meant uh, it was actually built in eighteen months. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. Go yeah, actually, the 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 head construction manager for the 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 whole project, uh, all two hundred buildings and stuff like that, was actually put on trial for the deaths of the people that died during construction and stuff like that. But he was acquitted <laughs> by a because jury because they were dirty <laughs> Irishmen. Yeah, you know, basically, yeah, probably. <laughs> probably, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking insane, yeah. So I can only imagine like the the health and safety standards that they a didn't know at the time, and b just didn't give a shit about to get it done on time as well. Because it's like if you look at like modern construction and the way we see construction, it takes forever. But there's there's so much health and safety uh, to take in consideration, not just like it, in the planning phase, but also on the construction site. And there's so much bureaucratic red tape that makes the process slow down. It's like, oh, oh I've seen a whole job site uh, just shut down just, just to wait for um, uh, an inspector to get there for everyone to continue working. And it's like that, that happens all day, every day, like in, you know, in modern times and shit like that. Like there's so much red tape. I'm assuming they had zero red tape when it came to getting all, all these structures built whereas compared to like nowadays it's just the exact opposite of that dude then it, you must imagine the red tape you must have had to go through to build the Hagia Sophia I mean to build that they must have stopped <laughs> them every day because that shit's still standing and is more magnificent than anything we can make nowadays and is like unreplicatable that's not true <laughs> but okay yes it is <laughs> That's why, dude, Notre Dame burned down. What what dog shit are we going to replace it with? It's because we literally cannot replicate those buildings. We well, cannot do it. I, yeah, that was designed to be reconstructed exactly as it, as it was before the fire. But, you know. No, they're it replacing just, it, it with just, that fucking glass steeple, I thought. No? That no, nothing, nothing modern. modern. No, no. The last I heard about that, they had actually agreed to just uh, rebuild it the way it was. Yeah, I cannot wait I mean, to see how it's, it's long hard it takes nowadays. them and what it looks like. It's going mean, to look like dog shit. Compared we to don't me. have any people trained in like the old style of construction and finishings and stuff like that. Like, oh, it's, unlike it's, the it's factually, way- it's not equivalent. It's just we, not equivalent. So, so the fact that they're not trained in that is what's going to make it take long, but the fact that they used a completely new building material is what made it go so fast when they did the World's Fair? Is that what you're telling me? Or did they have 40,000 Irish guys just trained in, <laughs> yes, in filling having, in things like, with Yes, a, a trained sculptor to put on all the all, all like the exterior finish pieces on those old ancient like churches and stuff like that, yes, it actually took like hand-carving stone to, to do that. Like highly, highly skilled labor. These guys were just slapping plaster on a wall. Like, it's completely not the same, dude. It's just not. I don't know what you're trying but to for the point sculptors, out here. It wouldn't, for the sculptors, it wouldn't have been any faster or easier back then. Like, wait, like uh, would it have been? 
No, like they, sure, they, they have no, some. No, but the, there, we, we still there would have been sculptors. more. Scu- there would have been more sculptors back then than there are today. Really? Yeah. Like I, I don't know what the market was like or how you know competitive uh, sculpting marble and bronze was back in the day, but. Um, well, you that, see what happened is that, that down in Wall Street, they short they short selled uh, on sculpting because they thought the industry was going to go. And then a bunch of uh, punk redditors in eighteen ninety they bought all that stock, and then the sculpting market went up from twenty dollars a share to four hundred like overnight. And then you had like a thousand sculptors that were just trying to clamber onto that business and started sculpting out the uh, the White City. Huh. Okay. Very top. Bob looks so annoyed. He does not enjoy that joke <laughs> Sorry, at all. Bob, 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 what are you saying? <laughs> I forgot. I was so enthralled with uh, with Aaron's joke. You're talking there. about sculpting yeah. market, <laughs> sculpting market back in the day, and all these uh, how they just there was some surplus yes. just out the wazoo art schools Cheer teaching up, kids Bob. how to sculpt marble the, uh, in the, in the hundreds, the, in the thousands. The well, the building process of today has completely gone. I, I wouldn't say automated, but it, it, like everything is like pre-manufactured, prefabricated. Uh, it's all built, you know, like very standardized now. There aren't many skilled laborers. Like what you have to learn a skill in is like how to operate like a CNC machine or a, a certain type of production machine. Essentially, yeah. that's the type of skilled labor we have today. We don't have like a, a huge, a wide collection of fucking people that sculpt marble or anything anymore like that if we do they're art students and can't do anything practical but um yeah yeah and they're not so so but good let's get back to the white city let's get back to the chicago's world uh, chicago world's fair those were not skilled laborers those were uh, mostly day laborers from what i understand yeah i mean they didn't they didn't have to be skilled laborers that you had to be a carpenter i mean you had to you had to know how to like lab on some some uh what do they call it the uh, staff the, the yeah plaster. The, the the plaster material it's just you just yeah. like slop it on there like it didn't take and make sure like run it and make sure it's flat like it's not that a skilled of laborers they had uh they went into this article about the extensive like architects uh that all around the world came together to design all these things all of all of the columns like those big stone or uh what you would call stone but were really just plaster mi- mixed with cement and uh the jute fiber uh they just pour that into mm-hmm. molds um column molds and then let them dry and then bam you just like you can make fucking like 60 columns Stack them like up. yeah like 60 20 foot columns and just like uh put them on the train and send them over there if it if they were um molded off-site obviously and then you just like wham there's like a a highly decorated column that you have now that was very easy to mass produce. And that's what we do today. Like uh, any decorative columns that are on buildings these days, like usually it's just like a beam wrapped in like, um, uh, like a building material to make it like look nice. Or mm-hmm. the, the one um, uh, that my, my parents have one and it's literally just like a cement and fiberglass uh, composite that was poured into a mold and that's that it took like a day to make it and <laughs> like two days to ship it over so that's pretty much like even if you so even if you think of modern construction like in uh of like a walmart they like the outside of a walmart they pour these giant forms of concrete yeah. probably embedded with re- rebar concrete yeah and they're huge they're like yeah so it's not like a wild idea it, it's the and it's one that is still being used today mm-hmm. yeah it's, it's the scale of it that 
uh, is is so amazing. Um, and actually, for for modern day scale, I, I did um, I did look up some stuff, or I look up some uh, what I thought might be uh, relevant comparisons. Um, so re- regarding uh, let's say temporary type structures, um, I was looking into the the China ghost China ghost towns, which I think Bob, you're cop- uh, commenting that those are made out of like crappy materials, oftentimes. Yeah, it's like a a a, a very cheap and low budget version of concrete that's like mixed with like sand and other like low quality materials and shit like that. Like, do, do you think like construction wise that that might be a, a comparable uh, grade to um say, say the uh, the staff plaster from uh, 130 years ago? Probably the staff was probably more durable than than what we saw in that oh, that God. China that Chinese uh, video of that guy like poking a bamboo stick into his <laughs> reinforced wall. Say, ease ease in time of production uh, yeah. wise, would would they be possibly comparable? Yeah, yeah, possibly comparable. Yeah. So I'm seeing with China's ghost cities um, from a, a 2013 article. Um, China is building new cities at an estimated rate of up to 12 to 14 a year. Oh, that's so. Uh, we definitely have sped up. Let's, uh, I, I think that, um, kinky, I mean, that would suggest. Yeah. I mean, China, uh, very well known for its health and safety standards and it's, uh, is building code requirement yeah. standards. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas like here in California, they, they breathe down your neck about every little fucking thing that, that you build in a building these days. And uh, another point on what was it like modern construction uh, is kind of interesting to think what, techniques and building material and stuff like the the information that they learned while building this in such a short amount of time has translated into like modern construction today because i mean if you look at any modern house today it's like it's all very cheap material like the the pipework is cheap as hell it's all fucking it's all synthetic uh like composite material like you don't use pipes like actual pipes anymore made out of metal for your plumbing like it's all like the cheapest shit ever and it's all compartmentalized to specialties in the field like you have you have uh carpenters and you have framers and then you have the roofers and then you have like the uh, a whole selection of finish work guys whether they're putting up drywall inside and then the painters come like there's a specific job for each specific part of of the job and those you know like one week the framers are there the next week uh, another team is there and like you know a month after that another team comes in so uh, that, that's another reason why like it takes so long for like modern uh home construction and stuff like that uh, currently okay uh i i do have a modern construction project on a similar scale i was looking at the the 2008 beijing olympics so that was building a, a handful of like a half dozen or so new stadiums and um, the olympic village there and uh, for for that the, the structures of which um from what i understand are all up and just moved to a uh, private ownership or like say the olympic village is used as apartments now or the uh, um the the water cube is a public pool now um stuff like that hmm. uh, and that took i believe uh 3 years to construct um so uh, i think it was a, a smaller scale project than the chicago world's fair um so far as size of things but it's uh, the, these are more permanent structures okay how do you feel that that compares or do you feel that, uh, you know, generally makes sense for modern day uh, permanent structures? Yeah, that, that makes sense for modern day structures and stuff like that. I can only like you can only imagine like the the weird hangups that, that take place on a job site that will stall it and and make it all fucked yeah, up and, and delay and shit like that. It's like, I don't know, just having to deal with a contractor this last week, uh, he wouldn't bid out a an apartment building because 
he needed to figure out how much it would cost to build like a 20 foot retaining wall. And, and it's like, we don't care about the retaining wall. That's not a part of the building. Could you just uh, give us a, a price on the building? And he's like, well, we need to figure out this retaining wall first. And it's like, this, you fucking oh, idiot. <laughs> Yeah, and it, it's like we just lost a week of, for nothing, for literally nothing, for the general <laughs> contractor to be a, an absolute retard. <laughs> so and yeah, and again, the for the Beijing Olympics, that's China again. So it's um uh, probably fewer of those uh, hangups and red tape and um you know the health and safety uh, standards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay, okay. So there, there's, there's um. It sounds like Isaac and Bob are pretty firmly in the camp that this this construction project uh, logistically made some sense. Uh, Aaron, are you uh, you know getting on board at all? No. Um, <laughs> well, they just they just keep saying like, oh yeah, no, you just slap it on. This place is gorgeous, and then they have the other examples of uh, let's like my favorite one is when they move to the, the the reason that I don't think I think that's completely fucking nonsense is uh, you look at, like, the San Francisco World Fair and some of the buildings they built there and are still standing today and the old pictures and new pictures line up exactly and they just will have a blurb like, oh, we, you know, we completely rebuilt it in 1965, but it's just the same structure standing there. And it's exactly yeah. identical. They do that all the time with a yeah, lot of historical buildings. Yeah, but it's not complete rebuild. It's a Yeah, refer. it is. No, you, they, they're completely replacing, like, load-bearing walls. They're, you know... They're completely That's called out. a refurb. Okay. That's I mean, it's, it's like things are still going to be standing or it's not going to change yeah. like the, the facade or how I it mean, looks. You, you can tr you can change a building from a, like a wood framed building to a metal framed building and have it look exactly the same when you're done. So you have. I, I get that. It's still <laughs> a it's still a refurb. It's still the, it's a temporary building that stood for 55 years before they rebuilt it. And it's I'm, I'm just gigantic and made out of stone. It's these buildings are not the temporary. They just say temporary. You look at it and you go, you they literally couldn't recreate that now in the time frame, in the same time frame at all. In the fifth century BCE, the Greeks used the same stucco bullshit uh, as they essentially. So this wasn't like a this wasn't a revelation of building. I don't think. I don't think there's anything that was uh, monumental in terms. I think the uh, them accomplishing it in such a short amount of time was um, great. But I also think that they were just they were cobbling together. I mean, they were scrambling. They opened the thing a year not a year late. They opened the they opened the thing in the wrong yeah. year though. Yeah, suppose so. Originally it was they, supposed to be the fourth anniversary of the. Uh, yeah, it was seven Columbus months later than they wanted to. They wanted yeah, to open yeah. it in October of ninety two and they opened it in May of ninety three. About oh, half a year sorry, later than they wanted to. Those damn construction setbacks. So it, it didn't go off without a hitch. Uh, okay, okay. So uh, let's let's move on slightly from the construction. I, I want to get into another another logistical detail that uh, baffles my mind. Um, so in, in the eighteen nineties, exactly how globalized was the world? In, in that uh, there were, I think it was like twenty nine million, t tens of millions of visitors to the Chicago World World's Fair from across the world. They had uh, you know a dozen or more um, exhibits, uh, buildings, what uh, exposed from various different countries where like they actually had representative representatives design shit and show up and. Uh, represent their stuff um and, and not a bunch of just international you know expos at all 
um, how globalized was the world and how magically in peace and agreement were all these countries that this happened? I, I don't know my 1890s history well enough, I guess. It, from what I'm, what I've been reading about the whole like world's fair thing, like the world seemed pretty globalized back then for not having any telephone or internet <laughs> or anything like that. It's like people from all around the world were coming, you know what I mean? Slight, slight tangent. There's a there's a funny line on the Wikipedia page where um, uh, what what was it? Under notable visitors, they have Helen Keller and her best friend Alexander Graham Bell um oh, visiting. Helen <laughs> 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 Keller is friends with the guy who invented the telephone. So I'm sure she got a lot of use out of that. And then she said, "And the World's Fair is like not seeing light in the darkness," and came up with a whole bunch of concepts that she can't even wrap her mind around because she doesn't have the sense. Of sight or hearing, so she doesn't make any sense. It Helen Keller is complete nonsense. Yeah, I think, and she's the... talking to the guy who invented the telephone, and that's not a sick joke. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? That's what you're gonna push in my face? Oh my god! I, I love that because yeah, that, that I little, thought that was funny. That little clip that you sent about the Helen Keller thing—it's like she she wrote about her World's Fair experience in one of her journals or something like that. It's like, oh, that would have been real fucking great. <laughs> Being like the blind and deaf to describe how how amazing the fair was. <laughs> it was the it was a, an audio visual experience. This World Fair. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it it smelled it smelled wonderful. Like it, so. Uh, I don't even know where this was leading. Something about the pick shit smelled like fucking pick shit. If Helen Keller could not see or hear what was going on with this grandiose audio visual display, uh, I wonder how she experienced the fair. Oh, she probably smelled it. Wrote in her journal some magical smells. Uh, I wonder what it smelled like. <laughs> is that is that better? <laughs> well, she could she could and smell. Yeah, burn her <laughs> best friend. Burn her best friend. Alexander Graham Bell, the guy who invented the thing that she can't comprehend, <laughs> were hanging out at the World Fair together. But it, she can comprehend what is a telephone. Are, are okay, you, Isaac, arguably. just hold on. Get, get this in your mind real quick. Imagine not being able to see or hear. How do you understand the concept of beauty? You, I mean, blind people. Understand. Yeah, because somebody can, can explain hear. it to them by audibly. I blind or deaf people can definitely understand it. Blind and do, do, deaf do, people. Do blind ladies can't. just come up like touch your face, Isaac, and they're like, "Oh, oh, right, beautiful nose you got there. Oh, look at them cheeky, so beautiful. Oh, so moisturized yeah, skin. So. No, this is. I feel it. I feel beauty." Let's get to what's really yeah. important. Isaac. We're backtracking to Helen Keller. Hold on. You know, I know this dog that's fucking oh blind God. and deaf, Fuck and that is the happiest fucking dog I've ever seen. Oh, Jesus. It still is like, experiencing did pleasure. It didn't author like 12 books and then fly a plane, though. What are you talking about? I don't care if it's happy. <laughs> Happiness didn't count into it. What are you talking about? <laughs> Happiness isn't beauty. <laughs> Isaac, what did the Chicago's World Fair smell like? <laughs> Go. It probably, well, it, it likely smelled like uh, cow shit and oil because I still don't believe that you know even even though the electricity feats were uh, monumental I still think that they were using oil lamps on every street corner that they had been using for the last you know 
several de- couple well, decades. Six, no, six years um, later, they had the Buffalo Fair, and they have pictures of it. The Buffalo Fair, World Fair at Buffalo, was uh, lit up. They had more fluorescent lights just in that fair than in all of New York City at the time. <laughs> so, and they said Tesla designed the power for it, and uh, but he was only there for like a day. So, like, the, uh, I'm starting to think Tesla's fake, too, because... Yeah, he's he's a he's a, he's a consultant. A consultant, Consul- how he he literally invented a new thing every like two months. But to... this was when they were using like DC electricity, other places. He was the AC guy. Like this is effectively a new technology they're implementing. Yeah, it's not that different though. It's just yeah, using like, transistors. Every it was. Yeah. It yes. Was much easier to 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 do that. His his new thing. But well, I don't. In regard to the it's, oil it's not thing, like modern day electricians. I, Go, go on. Yeah, like, oil, yes. with how our history of using petroleum, uh, I, I would guarantee that the roads and the dirt and everything was just soaked and covered in oil because they used it in just about every, almost everything that they did. And they just slopped it on onto like a bearing or like a, a wheel or something like that. And it's like they, they didn't give a shit. So they probably had like an oil pipe directly into like whatever waterfront that was closest to them at the time. But yeah, uh, I'm assuming it was nothing. The stockyards they had were were right on the. I mean, they were they were right on the water. So you you'd have these gigantic stockyards and slaughterhouses, right? Like you said, there is no a- EPA effort to mitigate any yeah. of that stuff. Um, it was probably just a muddy, oily hell. The, the only attenuation that was done out of en- with any of that stuff was when the fair opened, and they're like, "How can we, you know, we can't change the way the winds of shit blow." But uh, we might be able to. They they moved some of their operations into different areas. So, so uh, they what what uh, you're saying they, is that Chicago's they halted some of their operations. The, the beautiful white city smelled like pig shit and cow shit. Pro- probably, <laughs> I mean, it probably smelled a lot like cow shit. But I mean, it probably also smelled like just you know humans, which is terrible. So. If you're saying there's several hundred thousands of people there what per day, what was the uh, the plumbing situation? Yeah, I don't think. Did they even have we've had, standardized plumbing? We've had modern plumbing for forever. Yeah, like do, do, I don't know about American plumbing history then, but I mean we've had modern plumbing technology for forever. Yeah, um, okay. Like we were the Indo China China Valley. Like, we weren't dumping you know, buckets of PC. shit out of second story windows onto the street were we no that they had flushing toilets i don't know about how they dealt with that that amount of people though that'd be interesting to to look into because that would be another thing to help them speed everything up. you know what they probably just dumped it all into lake michigan is this this what's (laughs) fine to convince you guys that they they didn't have a uh realistic enough of shit disposal system and that that's the most unbelievable thing about the world's fair well uh you know that's the only thing that's the only gra- thing made me suspicious my head you guys. thus far. No, what I find suspicious about the World's Fair is actually, uh, uh, it, it was actually the, f- the first introduction to the world's first Ferris wheel, designed uh, and created by George Washington Gale Ferris Jr. Uh, it stood 260 feet tall with 36 gondolas that held 60 people each, and it could hold a total of uh, 2,100 riders at a time. And they people and you're telling cabin that's fucking yeah. bigger than my apartment. <laughs> well, if you threw away all those I, I, boxes, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Just shove people those boxes now. I find it hard to believe that they built that in 18 months than anything else that that we're talking about Wait, here. Wait, it's like solid they steel. They didn't have that figured out. 
What? Were you saying they didn't have that figured out or like the centerpiece for the Chicago uh, for the World's Fair figured out until like sometime after construction started as well? Uh, I, I think Isaac said that maybe that wasn't Isaac. Yeah. I, their their centerpiece was not the Ferris wheel, as far as I understand. It was their it was the Columbia exhibit. Was the was the Oh yeah, I guess they had the, the Columbia piece. exhibit with the the um the ships, the rebuilds. Yeah, it uh, was it was the and stuff. Built, yeah, Indo and I don't remember the other one. Yeah, the Ferris wheel was just a one attraction. Well, yeah, but at, I mean it's a pretty major time, attraction, a very major. Like the I, I world the, had never seen something like that before, uh, especially for like the common person to get so high up to see like you know like the the view well, of over the like city. Michigan too. It's a nice view and, yeah. and Chicago. Yeah, yeah. but. And I think those supposed to be the Eiffel Tower competing competing feature as well. Yeah, I mean, sort of a giant thing made out of like steel, like very modern. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Uh, and this was not temporary. They they uh, they moved it to for the uh, to St. Louis for the St. Louis World's Fair, from what I understand. Um, yeah. Yes, they moved it to the St. Louis Fair, and then it was after that it was destroyed for scrap metal, <laughs> uh, which is kind of sad. But we were probably pushing up into World War One. Uh, probably, yeah. Why? Why would they have destroyed it for scrap metal? Uh, yeah, making guns to go, you know, uh, fight with these countries that we had such that had expos in our. No, when I well, my my question was when when was oh, when, the, when was the St. Louis uh, one? Nineteen oh four. Earlier than that, I think it was nineteen oh. Yeah. Okay. So it's like ten years later. Yeah. San Francisco one was being built during World War One. So why weren't they just yeah, scrapping that? that. Uh, I, I think there were some cutbacks we had the on the same. I forget exactly. Yeah, I think, no, we I had to brag a little bit. Okay. Yeah, no, that's uh, we, we had to invite all these uh, countries that we're currently at war with to come have expos in our fairs. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, they're <laughs> really impressed with, with the, our buildings out in San Francisco. So, so with the whole uh, globalism international thing, I, I wanted to look into that a little bit more, and I was, I was trying to figure out like. How long did it even take to get from Europe to America? How how does that work? This was, you know, uh, 10 years before the first airplane was even invented. Um, how how did they do that? So via uh, what I was seeing is via steamboat, the fastest trip across the Atlantic was um, like six days and eight hours or something. It, let's say approximately seven days. So that was, that was a faster trip across the Atlantic. That's not bad um, at all. So, so over the course... No, that's a lot better than expecting, actually. <laughs> but um, looking over the course of six months, uh, let's say information getting everywhere um, via bulletins, via however the hell people got information back then. Um, and, you know, learning about this, planning your trip, getting across from, uh, you know, Europe to a port, uh, you know, inland Europe to a port, to, uh, you know, the week or so to America. Uh, all the way to Chicago, which is, you know, closer to the center of our country, or, uh, you know, not that close, but they, you know, inland quite a bit. Um, with all this travel consideration in mind, does it make sense that, uh, I, I don't know how many of the visitors were international, but let's say millions of international visitors um, across the across the Pacific as well. J Japan had a big presence there um, that they would have, that this makes sense that this adds up logistically uh, in any of your minds. Well, yeah, they had, well, they had uh, trains back then. So, and Chicago was connected via train. Uh, so yeah, I find that pretty reasonable. We know yeah, like the um, go halfway across the world on a ship and then train across to go see a plaster uh, building in a fake city, so you can get some fried dough and ride a big gondola. 
that makes sense. So it's it's all out. very expensive too. Like the fifty cent tickets to even go to the fair for a day. Uh, they're saying that was um a prohibitive to like most of Chicago citizens or a lot of Chicago citizens. So looking at that and seeing like people who find out about internationally, I can put that in context. For, actually, it, it, please, please, yeah. The uh, the average rate for a carpenter in nineteen nine or eighteen ninety one was a uh, dollar fifty a day for ten hours of work. So okay, it was so that's a, a, a third of a day's of work, yeah, effectively, just to get in. It also cost fifty cents to get uh to go for a ride on the Ferris wheel, and they reported that one point yes. four million people paid fifty cents to ride that fucking Ferris wheel too. <laughs> so that that's big fucking well, yeah, money back point- then. Yeah, 1.4 million people paid a third of a day's wages to go uh, enter and ride a Ferris wheel. Yeah. So let's say they probably, for that day at the fair, they spent a, a day's wages. Yeah. Wait. It seems reasonable. Okay, if they max capacity. I'm not thinking of the scale, though, for the time. Dude, Sorry, that, go on, that Ferris wheel fit 2,100 people in it. Yeah. Wait, did they, do you know if they actually ran it, operated it at max capacity? Uh, I would assume so because typically what they do is like they'll they'll move it and they'll unload and load uh, a gondola and then they'll keep moving it and then you know keep keep doing that kind of thing. So it's like okay. at, like pretty much all day it was loaded up completely full except for like the car. No, it couldn't have been unloaded. No, there's no way because they'd only have to do 650 rides total to max capacity it ride it all day. Total for six months. So, mm. oh wait, are you adding up the one point four million numbers? Yes, one point four million divided by the max capacity. No, that, that, that'd be like well, one one ride a day for six hundred forty uh, effectively. Yeah, they or might have you, had it scheduled like time as well. At at high noon, at high noon, you come ride the gondola. <laughs> like, well, you also don't know how long you don't know how long each ride took, how long it took the whole wheel to go around, and everything like that. So I'm assuming it was I don't know, pretty, probably pretty longer slow. than it took to build apparently the second largest building in, that currently would be in the world or the largest building in the world at the time. About about one Ferris wheel ride of time to build a building. <laughs> That's the new. Uh, I'll, I'll have your new home up in a jiffy, you know, just to get all three Ferris wheel rides at a time, and you'll have a new bathroom. Or I don't know. Sorry, what was that, Isaac? What about it is impossible? They were building a building a day. Are a, they're building a building every two and a half days with 40,000 people to a of yeah, but that's blunder that is logistically that's not how it happened though. They didn't no. build a building uh, two days. And I know they that go they're building the them building. across the whole thing. I get that. <laughs> I get that they don't have 40,000 people piled onto one building, building it until it's completed and then going on to the next building. So I, for for comparison, I, I want to uh, bring up as well the um, the first the first modern Olympics. They the first you know regular Olympics uh, or what's continuing every four years to modern day um, was in 1896. So pretty much right after this, uh, it's another it was another French thing too. So the the France had their World Fair and they're like uh, you know they kind of innovated that or made their whole committee and created the culture of World Fairs across the world. Uh, World's Fairs across the world, and then um, and then they, they they were the ones who pushed the Olympics as well, which is a uh, you know the fun little thing there. But um, they so the the first Olympics, eighteen ninety six, held in Athens. Um, that if you look at the, the structures for the stadiums there and the, the crowds, it was uh, I'll just say much less grand, uh, much much smaller um event than uh the Chicago World's Fair. Um, it, it, 
I, I'm not sure if that's, you know, I, I, I just think Olympics are a relevant comparison for this type of project or type of expo. But um, I'm not sure if any of you have any thoughts on on that. And the, the largest stadium fit like, oh, what was it? It was it was 80,000 people, maybe 70 10 in the realm of tens of thousands of people. How long did it take them to build it? Fit. Oh, crap. I feel like I did read that. It was. I think it was a similar sort of um, time, like a couple of years. But it, it was much less grand of structures to the stadiums and, and whatnot. So it was uh, what well, wasn't the same sort of construction project. The, the, the point is, like a few years later, they, they um, for a similar type event, it was not as uh, um, it was not the same, you know, same grandiose uh, construction project. But I'm not sure if any of you have any thoughts or commentary on on how the Olympics uh, may or may not be relevant um, to, to that type of expo at the time. I think that one would be more of function over form, like the. They needed the Olympic structures to do certain specific things. Was it Winter Olympics? No, no it, it was Olympics? summer. So they they um, they're all yeah. very very. Spe- this is like the things that they were doing for yeah. uh, the World's Fair were were essentially spectacles uh, in of a different magnitude. They were uh, creating things that, for better or for worse, were going to be scrutinized by the rest of the world. It was for like the Capitol building in uh, Washington. It took thirty-three years just to build the main part, front part, not the wings. Did you know what the situation was with the construction? Like, uh, you know, if there there's a reason that it was that there were uh, delays or pauses. Uh, George Washington laid the cornerstone, and then now they can't find the cornerstone. Uh, we'll we'll, we'll have to get into other buildings and uh, hopefully get some info on Masonic shit at some point um, with regards to construction. But I, I want to. I don't see that having any correlation. Yeah, yeah I know because you think it was built out of well, paper mache, even though it like you just look at the pictures and you're like, this is on a scale that's ridiculous. Like this wasn't. So, so there. It was. There, it was a ridiculous scale. I will agree. I will see to that. It was a ridiculous scale that they built. There, there are surviving structures from the Chicago's World's Fair. Um, I believe the only one still on site is the. Uh, oh goodness, what, what was it called? It now nowadays it's like a science and something uh, museum. museum of science and industry. I believe. Yeah. At the time is the Palace of Fine Arts. They they have another one still in Chicago. The uh, the, the is now the Field Museum. Um, that they moved up to uh, whatever other park. Um. But it was uh, it was structurally reconstruction. It was structurally you know um, rebuilt, refurbished, rebuilt. Yeah. Um, whereas the I, I don't believe the Museum of Science and Industry was, or I haven't found anything suggesting that it was. However, it was built more um, more permanently in the time because it, it was uh, the the art exhibit for for the fair. So they due to the Chicago Fire and whatnot, they had to uh, actually have a brick structure around it uh, in order to ensure the art. Um, so that that was that was a thing, but but there, there are and there are various other structures that have been moved to other places across the country. Um, I, I think m- most of them are some of the international expositions from like uh, the, the Japan and Germany and whatnot that were moved up to like Wisconsin and so stuff like that. But um, have, have any of you looked into these structures and like these uh, you know supposedly more permanent structures or what what goes into uh, how they're still standing or uh, how they compare to the, the supposedly temporary structures that all just that were like half destroyed in a random fire in 1984. Uh, not, not or really. 1890. <clears throat> I say the numbers, right? That was the fire that wiped out the white city. Pretty much. Or it, it was, you know, beyond repair, not worth like repairing at that point. 
they burned it down and then de- demolitioned what was left. I mean, and, and with that, I'm wondering. Or yeah, go, no, go Bob. ahead. Go ahead. Oh, sorry, I was gonna transit. Um, so I was w- with all this. To me, I don't understand the concept of a world's fair. Um, so I a little bit like the international concept and how the, the world was so, so so globalized at the time. But what is the premise of um, building a Disney World to last six months? Just tear it down and two years later go build it somewhere else, another one across the world somewhere. And, and it's it's a draw. It's just a bunch of it's effectively a theme park, but it's yeah, building stadiums and a giant a stadium is essentially like a giant bleacher setup for people to like sit on and to be supported. You can't actually build. You don't have the option to build that as a temporary structure. Like it has to be structurally sound. Like the yeah, those, unlike those the things don't correlate. That yeah. you can build out of you don't. Origami. Yeah, because it's not supporting forty thousand people on top of it. Like, what are you trying to point out? I don't get your point. That they didn't build temporary structures. I okay. This is, in my opinion, <laughs> this yeah. is what the world's fairs were. There were buildings already here. They went around that they wanted to destroy for some reason. They went around and did world's fairs and destroyed these old buildings. I think these buildings, a lot of these buildings, had been here a long time. Just that's a fucking retarded <laughs> so, and crazy. So the thing problem to is say. that there is there's decent okay. documentation and like a bunch of photos of of the buildings under construction or the land beforehand as well. Um, yeah, what evidence do you? I, have I want to comment that the there, there were ten there were ten world's fairs before there were ten world's fairs before Chicago, like but but sanctioned by the committee. Getting back to the whole like idea of a world's fair and globalism yeah, and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, this this. I mean, I think putting yourself back in that time well, period, like. Like I said before, it was an exercise in excess with the rich and wealthy, where there was a a much larger divide between the very rich and the the dirt poor back then. There was mostly everyone was dirt poor, and there was very few rich people. Uh, And I think also there's just there was nothing, not a whole lot of things to do other than survive back in in those times. Like there were no movies, there was no like like. like actually have to go first moving picture at the chicago world's fair by the way are you serious oh wow well that Uh, yeah of a certain technology or certain type they did yeah it's essentially like the world's richest people throwing a party to entertain themselves (laughs) like (laughs) that's basically what that was they didn't call it the world fair they called it the southern exposition we had a bunch of expositions with equally gigantic temporary buildings World's Fair and Universal Expeditions are, are synonymous, or they're they're sanctioned by the same committee, so it's the same type of event. Um, and I want to address the uh, the money making comment uh, as I was talking about because most of the or a lot of the World's Fairs did not turn a profit. The Chicago one barely did, from what I understand, from what I was reading. So it's not like actually it, sure sure it stimulates the economy quite a bit, and like it's a you know huge construction project or a huge draw of tourism and people, but they're not big money money makers most of them lost money like a lot and then like the mayor's assassinated in that one president mckinley got assassinated at the buffalo world fair (laughs) so we get a president assassination at one of them like they're we should we should have bizarre they're the world fairs are bizarre yeah it's a bizarre like concept to me like i i don't i 
it's so like, I, I get what Bob's saying. It's a party for a bunch of rich people and, you know, uh, showing off. And then there are all the comments about American exceptionalism. We have to be better than France and that Eiffel Tower and all that fun stuff. But it, it doesn't it doesn't quite connect to my head how how this became an industry. So at a dollar fifty a day uh, for a, a day labor, essentially, with 40,000 people yeah. over 18 months, that's only thirty two million dollars, uh, almost thirty three. So uh, not that much. That's not <laughs> I mean, there's still, like, they still have a small profit margin. Like, yeah. again, again, so regardless of like how much it costs to make, uh, you know, it wasn't a big money. It's, it's horribly inefficient. Yeah. From that point of view. And yeah. Of course, it's very six true. Months too. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I guess, well, like something like five years for actually bidding it for it and making it. Here's but, what they put. Here's the electricity they put. Just look at the, I'm going to post a picture of the Buffalo World Fair. And the electricity put had more lights in this World Fair than existed in New York City at the time. All built on what it you fucking... claim to be temporary structures, and they people could go up to the top of the Tower of Electric over here and like look out and stuff. Like they're not as temporary as you're saying they are. Like that's what I'm saying. Just look at these structures and stop just thinking. Yeah, this is just uh, they, you know, they just did. Uh, they just got big foam puzzle pieces and stuck them together. Like, no, that's not what happened. No, These I, I think they're, they're way more impressive than you're acting like. I, I think they're way less permanent than you think they are. Uh, so, so for the, for the scale of six months for a structure, like how, how permanent does it have to be? So just a facade or like a building without, you know, good, it's not particularly structurally sound or with a leaky roof or whatever. Six months is a long time for that to be standing up. Yeah, it has to be structurally sound enough to like keep itself standing. But you know, given some harsh weather conditions, you know, uh, whether it be rain yeah, or then, snow or something then for like that. Do you know if there have yeah. been any major uh, major accidents at World's Fairs um, throughout the years, like roofs collapsing or you know, uh, thing, things like that? Uh, Did you know if that's that's ever I, happened? I, I never found anything. Uh, again, I never. Okay. I, I also fires, just fires post or after yeah. the fact, I guess. Yeah. Again, without a hitch. Just these they point perfectly with these very temporary structures that they lit up like, uh, you know, because the, the the electric ferry, Nikolai Tesla, designed the whole thing, even though he was only on the fairgrounds for a day. And he designed a whole generator system off of Niagara Falls and lit this whole thing up. And then he Wait, still what? had time to invent uh, a new thing every two months. What does like, him he's... being there for a day have to do with anything? What? How do you think he designed all the electric and had them put this in and designed a power plant and wasn't even on fucking site for it? Like the the story of Nikolai Tesla is just a way for you to not look into it. it go, like well, he's way smarter than me. I guess that that solves you it. You don't the have end. to be on site. To, no, but to spec you, you out, like to spec it out. That wasn't yeah. like a ubiquitous technology then. It was it was effectively like a proprietary thing that like yeah. you know he and Edison had, especially for the Chicago World's Fair, where some places were still using DC electric. It was it was yeah effectively a proprietary technology, and I I would imagine they'd have to work pretty closely with either of them or you know some some assistant or someone in their company to uh to actually you know design and out, implement this. The, the electric it's not like and how uh, to make this work. Yeah, it's not a copy pasta thing here. That's one of the things about this being a new technology and the, the time in history that, you know, it seems strange is that um, it, we don't 
there weren't just electricians who knew how to do stuff back then or like electricity wasn't you know just some some everyday uh, regular thing it was it was a marvel like there was a reason those 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 fluorescent lights lighting up the whole whole of these mini cities was so amazing is because people had never seen anything like that before and people you know constructing stuff had never built any or never you know put, put together anything like that before yeah but well well there sort of were because there was uh what was it uh direct current systems already in place. So, I mean, there were electricians. No, these, these were, no, these were AC, I mean. No, like I, under, the, the, I the understand Tesla. that, but it's, Those but you can take a DC system. electrician and be like, hey, this is AC. It's a thousand times easier. And, well, you know. shit, they had, uh, they had 10,000 master sculptors and they had 5,000 electricians that just fucking <laughs> showed up out of thin air, came down, fucking, came down the St. Lawrence, down up a couple uh, things on the Erie Canal, Hit a couple locks and there they are, and they just set this all up, no problem. It's the story is yeah, preposterous. It, no, <laughs> no, the, Very skept, the skepticism is preposterous. <laughs> I don't, I don't understand how you think that this could not have occurred. So, so let's let's. Uh, I, I want to get us wrapping up a bit and um, kind of get to where each of us is on the story. Um, and I'll start and say where I, I think it could have occurred, but I, I think that um. For example, there may have been a huge uh, it news, did, but it did. First of all, let's start there. No, it did okay. occur. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think it was <laughs> uh, occur as as advertised. Like it was, you know. Uh, so, so I think construction took longer than eighteen months. I uh, think that it, it's um, very reasonable that they started it on at some point before that and had more hiccups along the way, um, and that that just wasn't advertised or recorded in the way, and that it, this is ultimately just a big uh, PR campaign for the construction uh, contracting or not contract like you know the laborers and architects and whatnot of chicago um that they were able to put together in this time and most of them the whole, weren't from chicago uh, it, yeah, well, they, the, the people building it were like or mo most of them were from what i understand no most of them weren't from chicago no like they're they just shipping in people for the course of no. 18 months yes Yes, they brought in tons of people from all over the place. Uh, the, the, a lot of architects were from New York. Well, yeah, architects, New York. yeah. Well, they, they I mean, I'm talking in... about the day laborers, the people actually, like, you know, pouring these plaster molds and uh, uh, pile-driving the, the, the foundation. The the design aspect... Yeah, those are mud people. <laughs> Nobody worries about where they came from. <laughs> well, that's... Okay, my, 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 my point is that I think that it was... Um, I think that it makes a lot more sense that it was built over a longer period of time with more issues along the way and that the the affair of the six months, you know, of course, other than the recorded serial killer, which is just a fun little uh, the true crime podcast waiting to happen. Uh, well, I guess it was a novel, a famous novel. Uh, but that's um, that that uh, like that there were more issues during the fair and that the possibly days or weeks of debacles and, and whatnot um along the way it was just uh, between positive pr and what uh, you know history was uh, properly recorded that and uh, what was advertised regarding the construction the, the you know time period of the process the permits and all that 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 uh, you know Josh, it you sound like a nervous politician <laughs> giving, a, giving a fucking that's just how i talk you sound like a a press you sound like you're giving a press release for a president who just did a bunch of bad shit and you're trying to make <laughs> and you're, you're only gonna take three questions this morning. <laughs> so that, that that's my stance that it that it uh it happened just not quite as cleanly as advertised. Uh, let's let's go around the table. Let's go over to you know Isaac and Bob. You, you seem to be pretty uh, have your minds pretty set on this whole topic. 
yeah, I think it's completely reasonable that that they did this. Uh, it, uh, according to Aaron, they use forty thousand workers. They they can just pump a bunch of laborers in there and get that shit erected in no time flat. You can build a solid stone building. It's going to take a really long time. Or you could, you know, uh, do some uh, wood framing and cover it with some plaster material in no time at all. Yeah, completely reasonable. Aaron, yeah, I, Aaron? Don't, I don't think they built Aaron. those buildings when they said they how they did. I, um... Do you, Do you believe those buildings were built out of stone? Uh, yes, yes. <laughs> Isaac's over here, like what? Go, go on. <laughs> yeah, I think those are. I That's think those so, structures are so older. Dumb. No, it's not because you're you're coming from a standpoint of just. No, it's not, it's not. You're coming from a standpoint of just like, well, my history book says this, and in uh, 1776 we fought the. You think I had a history book about the? Chicago oh come on! You went to Bear. public school <laughs> after you're done on the pig farm. You went to, his, you know, went to American history class. George Washington crossed the Delaware. I get it. I, what I'm saying George is, Washington, there are seven. Like okay, so yes. I like reading a lot about different history, and one of the things that I've been looking into is stuff like old maps, like 17th century maps show. Uh, a Tartarian empire that literally owns half of North America that there's CIA documents talking about the Russians hiding the fact that the Tartarian empire existed, uh, and atrocities they committed against them. And I think that there was an empire that built shit here. And I don't think that our history as we know it is a hundred percent correct. I think that that is a a radical leap from <laughs> the, the the fair being built in eighteen months. No, there was an ancient civilization of there would have been people, man. They were a complete different species. They I mean, had an well, old that, empire. It looks like when we see uh, across the country uh, a dozen different of these Venetian Roman classical uh, white brick facade architecture cities. It looks like there must have been you know an ancient civilization living here before. It's like if we look over at Europe and we see oh there's this thousand year old city. There's an ancient civilization or two thousand year old city. There was an ancient civilization here before us. We know that it's continuous. It's well recorded. That's what it looks like when they build these cities in America. There are buildings here that are like four stories of it is buried under under dirt where the doorway is buried. And then they have they build like a new doorway on it and or then they have to dig down and excavate like hundreds of feet down. It's just I think there are buildings here that are way the fuck older than we think and way older than this country is. And I don't believe any a single word that you're we'll, saying. We'll have to we'll 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 have to do an episode uh, based solely on like this whole premise because that is I think we can all agree that the world's fair construction in 18 months is just an example of American ingenuity and fortitude. Yeah, it's grit, <laughs> and then we with that grit it, we took off to the moon in a 1969 spaceship. Yep. We're, we are an accomplished yep. country. Yeah, Sounds reasonable. <laughs> Boy, I love history. Yeah. <laughs> Woo. Uh, well, my final thoughts are 
I hope that you guys all enjoyed this rough draft uh, dry run on this uh, topic. And we'll get to do the real version very soon. Jesus fucking Christ. Uh, yeah, everyone call in. Uh, remember 833-666-0911 uh, with what you think, who you think is an idiot. Because we're uh, clearly at a disagreement here. Need some, uh, need some people voting to figure out you know, what the official policy vote can hear me out is on the Chicago World's Fair. Um, I think this but, is the most heated episode we've we've had so far. Maybe, yeah, it is. Because <laughs> uh, the world 130 years ago was apparently a very, very, very different place than it was today. Yeah, I convinced Bob fucking two episodes ago that there's a literal demon buried under Antarctica. But this, <laughs> but the fact that a building might have been here a hundred years earlier than he thinks is fucking Bob, crazy. Have you ever been to Chicago? <laughs> have you ever been to Chicago? No, I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, field trip to the Field Museum. Azizel, that that shit is awesome. I I'm yeah. totally down. Probably some weird yeah. mysticist or something. Yeah. You throw in demons and 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 all that shit. I'm I'm totally down. I, I will buy. Holocaust it. fake. Azazel yeah. buried under Antarctica. Totally. A building is a hundred years older than I thought it was. Not possible. <laughs> Bob, <laughs> are you kidding me? Yes. <laughs> I think that's a wrap on All our right, thanks, uh, guys, for Chicago listening. World's Fair episode. Thank you, everyone, for listening. You've got mail. What the fuck?